0: Well, thank you today. I'm delighted to be chatting with you Joanne. Joanne's from the OECD and she leads the PISA for Schools team um, as part of the Education Skills Directorate, um, a dedicated leader and a senior analyst and uh, I get the privilege of working with you on a daily basis across the world and your amazing team. So thank you so much for agreeing to chat with us and doing this podcast with me.
1: Welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you very much, and thank you for this opportunity to, to reach out to, to the many people in Jenison <clears throat> that have not had a chance to meet. Um, and also to, to start off by expressing our great appreciation for this partnership and the, the long-standing um, discussions that we've had to, to make this project uh, see the light and now grow into what it is today. So thank you, Sarah, for, for this opportunity.
0: It's our pleasure. And uh, look as as the Janison team know very well, Piece of the Schools is a global assessment that we deliver in partnership with you on our Insights platform. And I know that um, you know, when we went through the global tender process to win this opportunity, and you've worked really closely with Wayne to make it happen and, and I know the relationship and the partnership is very much built on um, his close working relationship and the time he spent in Paris with you. And um, and I'm really keen to know like, you know, one of the things between Janice and OECD is we're both really purposeful organisations. And I'm, I'm really keen to that. What is it about PISA for Schools that just makes you get up in the morning? Like, what is it about this project?
1: It's, uh, thank you for that question because it is a very special project. I have to say it's not um, a normal run of the mill type of OECD project for the simple reason that the OECD, as, as many of you will know, based in Paris, is uh, serving 37 member countries with a secretariat of about 3000 people. Um, there's 180 people in the Education and Skills Directorate, but the force and impact of what we can achieve, those 180 people, is is well beyond our own capacities. And that's for one simple reason. We're international civil servants working through technical committees on which member countries sit, um, on all possible areas of public policy from uh, tax to environment to education. And so I think it's really important to convey Um, that the OECD's sort of purpose and mission is to support member countries and non-member countries in trying to, you know, make better policies for better lives and that policies need to be evidence-driven. And so the emphasis at the OECD on data, on the rigour of methodology, of the analysis of data is really the one and possibly single asset that the OECD has because of these reputational effects and this enormous uh, investment in precision, but also, um, how should I put this, the, the the rough and tumble of policymaking is not unknown to us because we are talking to you know, senior civil servants from 37 countries. In the case of PISA, the PISA Governing Board has 80 countries sitting on it. That's an enormous diversity of challenges, of educational establishments, of systems. So, if you will, the, the, the real mission of the OECD is to support Um, the evidence-based improvement uh, of people's lives through the role that government and public policy makes. But you didn't ask about the OECD, you asked about PISA for schools. (laughs) And the special, special thing about uh, PISA for schools is that it has this enormous potential because it simply, uh, in a way, short circuits and in a positive sense, the power of the analytical frameworks that are embedded in PISA, which has been recognized now for over 20 years as being really the global benchmark for measuring the outcomes of um, education systems, the learning outcomes that students that are 15 have. We've taken those frameworks and we have made a kind of nanotechnology for schools as the unit of analysis. And so to be able to bring the power of those uh, frameworks in the form of an assessment to the tables of children in individual institutions around the world is truly remarkable. And and I do have to say, it's another aspect of the OECD, you know, we always are standing on shoulders of giants. So the team that is working on this work today is not the same that set it off in 2012 when it was a paradigm shift and and an idea. So I think we we build on the legacy of, of PISA. We are seeking, with the help of the Janison team, To deliver in a highly reliable way um, this incredible assessment piece on competence-based assessment to countries that don't know this form of content and actually are not familiar with digital assessment so there's multiple challenges that we're addressing at the same time Mm -hmm. so i hope that gives you a sense of i get out of bed because the challenge is enormous the reward is immense uh, and the people that we're working with every day expect a lot of us so there's a responsibility um a true responsibility that we have to, to helping the front line.
0: Yeah. Absolutely and I think for myself as a teacher what I love about this as well is it's so focused on building the capacity of teachers who are really at the front line of driving educational change and it's focused on continual improvement for schools as well and I think that really speaks to me in terms of the work that we're doing and and when I reflect on this year and everything with the global health crisis that we've faced it's remarkable really, you know, we've still delivered PBTS to over 1,750 schools in Russia amidst a global health crisis, like, it truly is remarkable and, um, you know, we're reflecting on that and, I mean, your team haven't been in the same office since February, have they? Is it nearly a year since you've been together?
1: That's right, it's right. It's... um. You know, we we sort of got the message that we were not coming back over a weekend, uh, like many people in, in spring, northern hemisphere spring. Um, And I think it's fair to say that the the OECD has been quite nimble in terms of technology support, um, really quite impressive, because overnight everybody was remote uh, and the place was not equipped for for that type of of working. It's not an IT company, it's not a nimble IT company like Jenison, where I'm sure the culture also of distance working is much more developed. Um, And so it was a huge uh, hurdle for all of us in the spring. I mean, I think what has has come to us to, to pass is that we are all uh, hunkered down in our various um, houses. Um we're based in France. As you know, it's been very rough in in Europe in many, many ways, and France has not been spared. So we have um, currently, as we speak, we have a curfew at uh, six o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, We haven't seen the offices since last spring, as you say, coming up to a year. So the challenge, um, just really prosaic challenge, but absolutely vital challenge has been how to, you know, continue to have a really strong team spirit when, you know, our days, although we're living in Paris, are spent you know, talking in the morning to Thailand because it's the right time zone. And then we finish our day talking to the Brazilian team uh, because they're behind us uh, on the time time zone uh, scale. So it, very intense days, um, a huge amount of intellectual and emotional work uh, in terms of creating um, you know, flourishing relationships at a distance. So the team is amazing, uh, incredibly resilient, everyone individually and collectively is sort of a powerhouse of motivation and expertise. So that's the easy part if you will Um, but nonetheless we we have had some very honest um, discussions amongst ourselves and we've um, really created a sense of solidarity not just professional solidarity but the human solidarity of knowing what's going on in people's lives and how can we adapt to to cater for that so i think there's no um silver bullet and i don't think anyone has cracked this i certainly wouldn't claim to have cracked cracked how do you you know, do a virtual remote global team, <laughs> but I do think we, we've got some of the insights now.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's really, um, it's really interesting for me, certainly in my work with you, um, you know, and I feel like we've built this really great relationship between OECD and Janice, and really it's only Wayne that's ever physically met True. You. Yeah, and yet we, we work together so closely. And um one of the things I've always noted is that you always come at it, you know, I always admire your leadership skills of your team, but you always do it people first. And it's one thing I've always noticed. And even at our first meeting, I remember we started with you asking everyone to share where they were where they grew up and we started sharing stories about childhood homes and what seemed like such a simple thing actually suddenly there was this instant respect for the cultural and cognitive diversity of the group we were working with and and i thought what a, what a clever lady like it was such a simple <laughs> question on the surface but there was such depth behind it and yeah. i wonder you know i mean you're in a really complex multilateral intergovernmental organization what can we kind of learn from you as a aspiring global business um, mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. what tips have you got for us
1: well i think that's a that's a really it's a, thank you for reminding me of, of that i think that was right the first time we had like an extended team meeting so everyone <laughs> really many people were meeting each other although it was via <laughs> video uh, for the very first time and i um, i'm personally a strong believer in the fact that we're united uh, all of us uh, by the, our human condition uh, so we were all born somewhere into some sort of family, and we're probably trying to raise families of some sort as well. So this aspect of the human condition is what what really links us together. Whether um, we're talking to an education minister from Spain or a um, Ministry of Education official from Peru, or um, or or a partner in in Australia, um, this is what joins us. Um, the other thing that that binds us together is mission and purpose. And it, we should never underestimate the power of a shared vision and purpose. It will align interests, it will galvanize energies, and it will give purpose to each and every day. So I think that's another really important aspect. Is But to be very clear about that, because if in a partnership, and let's just take, for example, this, this flourishing partnership with, with Janison, which is very special in many ways to the OECD, um, which hasn't embarked on a great many technology partnerships in the form of a partnership. Uh, services have been procured um, through just typical tendering and contractual relationships, but not in terms of a partnership. And I think this um, really also pays tribute to Wayne's vision, Wayne Holden, who, you know, really spent some time with us, it seems in another age in 2019, <laughs> to really get to know us. And I think there was a certain amount of checking each other out, if you see what I mean, that doesn't yeah. sound very professional, but, you know, was, was what we were trying to do with of for schools aligned with Janison's, yeah. you know, core values, uh, which is really about frontline, uh, yeah. helping the teachers in the classroom, ultimately, and the students. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's actually a really important point that you raise, because those seem like very long conversations it can be frustrating like hey can we just sign and get on with the work (laughs) but no it's really important to establish that are we aligned on vision and mission do we understand each other as people will we be able to trust each other in a moment of need and i think those um types of building of partnerships are going to be increasingly necessary in the future none of our sort of intractable and now even worse um, policy issues, of inequity, mm. of, of disadvantage, of opportunity offered by digitalization. None of these wicked uh, policy issues will be faced or solved by a government or a single organization. It's always going to be in partnership. So the ability to foster networks and partnerships, which are aligned in vision and mission and purpose, is absolutely essential. Uh, I say one last thing about the fact that you, you rightly mentioned, you know, we have a team of six and no one has the same passport. So, um, you know, and that's the OECD for you in a nutshell. The, the, the biggest um, kick out of working at the OECD, honestly, is both the mission and, and, and the purposefulness, but and the ability to do some really interesting work, but also just the quality of the people and the mm-hmm. range of people that you can work with, you know, around the water cooler. Not that we have one anymore. Uh, <laughs> can hardly forget what it means to have a coffee, but, you know, just the, the, each person that you're working with as a peer has an immense amount of insight into different cultural approaches to an issue and we all know that innovation comes through diversity so if there's one little tip for Janison as it grows into a global company is to be extremely mindful of the enormous, um, enormous cultural assets you have already in the people that you have on the team and to really make sure that's valued and that those Uh, staff members are asked for their opinion in areas of their cultural competence. Maybe they have a background in another language, maybe they came from another country. And that's really important, not just now, uh, as an Australian company based in Australia with global ambitions, but in the future, um, because it will become less Australian, right? If everything (laughs) goes to plan and it will become truly global. So it's very important to have that in mind. So thank you for that question, Mm -hmm. because I think it starts with this idea of, do we understand each other? as human beings. It's actually that simple.
0: <laughs> and it's fantastic. And, it, and a perfect segue as well into the global competencies that, you know, PISA is so aligned to and the OECD is so. And uh, look, I'm just going to finish by saying congratulations. We, um, I know a huge amount of work has gone into that linking study that linked PISA for schools to the main PISA study and and the psychometric work and a huge amount has gone into that and I know as someone who's battling through my PhD myself what it takes to publish a a paper of that level and that standard and huge kudos to your team. It's remarkable and uh, I'll be sure to share that with the Janison team. I've already sent it to our, our team in the educational assessments business who are rapidly digesting and reading and congratulations to you on the team it's a great paper
1: Thank you. I mean, we wouldn't have been able to do the international linking study, which collected data from four different countries. And essentially, just in very simplistic, because I'm no psychometrician, you're well (laughs) ahead of me on that. Um, But, you know, it's really essential because it basically confirms that the PISA-based test for school items, which are not the PISA items, but they're derived from the same frameworks, that they're operating as they should do, and they can be reported on the PISA scale. I mean, this is a unique ability of this assessment. There is no other assessment that can reliably be linked to the PISA frameworks and the PISA scales. So in that sense the international linking study which was led by um, Dr. Tomoya Okuba and the team um, was an essential piece of what I said at the beginning which is the OECD only has reputational assets. We have to be stringent, we have to be able to stand up to the most rigorous um, analysis uh, and cross-questioning and in fact our convening power where we can um, have a, an event and have Lots of countries want to attend. Derives from that trust that's given to us, and the and the seriousness with which we we take uh, that p- p- yeah. trust that people place in us.
0: Yeah. I I remember when I was doing some research very early on, I came across an article that you had been interviewed in 2017 and uh, you quoted a a quote that said, trust trust arrives on foot and leaves on horseback. And that resonated so strongly with me. I now have it printed on my desk. Um, And I use it in terms of approaching these conversations with schools and countries about PISA for schools, because it, it is about building that trust and building that authentic relationship and that shared purpose of of driving improvement for schools and, and students worldwide. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure the Janison team will really uh, feel that they've got to know you and the OECD and the of the Schools project a whole lot better. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, Sarah.